You're listening to Tech Talk Central. So, hello again from me. This is George Vulgaris for Tech Talks Central. Uh, I'm here this morning with Javier Hernandez from uh, MIT Media Lab. Uh, good morning, Javier. It's great morning. to have you with you. Uh, to have a, to have you here. So, uh, Javier um, has a bachelor's uh, degree in computer systems and a master's degree in information technology by the Ramon Lal University in Barcelona, Catalonia. And he also has another master's degree in robotics and AI uh, from the Carnegie Mellon University. And he's currently a PhD candidate uh, at the MIT Media Lab. Uh, Javier is also the recipient of a number of uh, academic and research awards, uh, such as the uh, the winner of the data-driven hackathon by uh, well-known uh, consulting house IDEO and uh, Volkswagen. And uh, he has been awarded a number of uh, research proposals by companies like Samsung or more recently uh, by Google for doing some work on Google Glass, uh, which we will be uh, talking about today. So... Uh, Javier, I'm gonna give like the one-liner of what your work is, but please feel free to give us a few more details about what it is that you're doing right now. So, uh, I- I'm just reading out loud now. It's automatic analysis and recognition of affective states of people during daily life settings, leveraging techniques from machine learning, computer vision, human-computer interactions, and psycho-psychology. Psychology, sorry, psycho-psychology. So, f- psychophysiology. So, okay, I got it the third time. Uh, I guess our our audience has a few um, uh, unknown words in there. So, please uh, tell us in a few, in, in your own words, what, what your work is about. What is your focus? Definitely. Uh, so, I work on affective computing. Um, that implies using um, many fields of research to develop computers okay. that can understand and read human emotions. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of this is that uh, we use human emotions uh, in daily basis to communicate. Like, for example, right now I can see your face. I can mm-hmm. know whether you're interested or not. Um, but technology still are very ignorant about this. Your computer doesn't know if you're stressed. Your computer doesn't know if you're happy. Mm-hmm. And still, they behave the same way. So if we can have like emotionally intelligent machines, hopefully we'll have a more natural interaction with them. So uh, how, how do you interpret an emotion? Do you capture like um, uh, expressions or micro expressions of, of face, for example? Or, um, I mean, what, or throughout, through sensors, for example? What kind of techniques do you use? to capture this kind of information. Yeah, so there are many different ways. One of them is just naively asking the user, how are you feeling right now? Mm-hmm. And that probably would be like very uh, objecti- uh, subjective uh, response. Like I will ask you, how are you feeling from one to 10? Mm-hmm. And probably that would change over time. Uh, one of the approaches that we are taking is to measure uh, different body um, yeah. cues. So for example, we can measure physiological signals like heart rate, respiration, uh, conductivity of the skin, uh, facial expressions. And all those uh, signals give you a lot of information about the emotional states of people. Mm-hmm. So what is the status um, at the moment in terms of um, automatic interpretation of such signals? Because you mentioned some things that need an operator, someone behind to interpret these, like, uh, as you said, like uh, checking the, the posture, for example. But some of the others that you mentioned could rely exclusively on readings from sensors. So where are we in the moment, at, at the moment in terms of uh, um, AI on detecting and identifying those kind of characteristics? So for many years, researchers have studied emotions in mm-hmm. control laboratory settings. 
uh, where you can eliminate the noise um, yeah. of movement and things like that. Um, but right now, uh, researchers are trying to address the problem of measuring emotions in daily life settings, which is much more complicated, but it's much more relevant because are the emotions that really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now we are working on that. There are some specific settings where you can, for example, look at the smiles of people to try to infer how mm-hmm. they are feeling. Um, but it still is uh, an ongoing research. Mm-hmm. So uh, I understand that uh, you've been um, doing relevant research for a while now and through uh, several different projects uh, on, on, on uh, using computers directly, for example, to detect uh, emotion or using uh, sensors uh, uh, fixed on, on, on uh, cars to, to check uh, how people um, uh, react and what do people feel uh, while they're driving. Uh, but at the moment... Uh, as we mentioned at the at the beginning, uh, you're doing a project using Google Glass as the main um, uh, component for capturing information, right? So, can you tell us a few more things about uh, the work that you're doing right now and how how does the project work? How how do you use Google Glass to capture emotion? Definitely, uh, Google Glass is a very interesting tool uh, from the point of view of research. Mm-hmm. There are so many sensors. Uh, most of the sensors currently available on cell phones. Uh, but many others as well. And mm-hmm. the interesting thing is that we can use some of these sensors, the ones that are embedded in Google Glass, to measure uh, physiological information, uh, emotional-related inf- information. So one of the things that we have recently uh, shown and demonstrated is that we can use, for example, the accelerometer and the gyroscopes, which are sensors that are embedded in most wearable devices, mm-hmm. to monitor subtle motion changes of the body. Uh, that can tell us the heart and respiration rates of people. Mm-hmm. And this, of course, is very related to human emotions, but it's only a part of the equation. There are many other types of information that we need to incorporate, such as, for example, the context. Um, because Google Glass has a camera, we can capture the visual context and we can make sense of where the person is. And with that, we can start making inferences of, for example, uh, stress in mm-hmm. real life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So th- that's fascinating. Then you, you don't use any external sensors, then you just use whatever is built in Google Glasses at the moment to uh, extract all the information that you need. Yes, um, right. we are using that, but we also have some other sensors that we can communicate with the, with the glass as well to monitor other physiological signals that Google Glass cannot, like, for example, the amount of sweat, mm-hmm. uh, micro sweat changes of the body. And that are very indi- good indicators of stress. So actually, it's it's quite interesting, and I would like to hear your opinion on uh, on something. Uh, speaking of devices, right, and, and hardware. I mean, uh, I've personally talked uh, to many people from different industries and with uh, different focuses, uh, trying to solve um, uh, the problem of how do we attach a sensor to a person, right? <laughs> so I'm, uh, maybe sounds a bit over um, uh, generic the way I'm, I'm phrasing it, but I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to describe everything from mobile phones with an increasing number of sensors and uh, uh, wearables and things like uh, Google Glasses and all those uh, sensors like the... the uh, the, 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 the band-aid type, the sticker kind of sensors that we uh, talked about yesterday um, that are trying to, they're in a sense, they're competing because they're trying to do the same thing, obviously at different levels of accuracy, different levels of sensitivity and different, li- uh, different level of, of detail. But uh, you have tried to uh, extract um, uh, information about emotion from different devices. So in your opinion, 
what do you see as a trend? Are we go- do you think that we're going to have more specialized devices? Do you think there will be a consolidation towards one device with sensors to rule them all, for example? Or uh, how do- what do you see happening in the moment in, in that respect? Yeah, I think it's difficult to make forecast mm-hmm. of the future. No, I'm just asking for for an opinion, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right now you're seeing a trend towards uh, wristbands, um, and the idea, I guess, is because people are wearing watches, you can just mm-hmm. uh, use that to be able to get some stake on the on the body location. Um, asking people to wear additional devices is cumbersome. Um, cell phones are already there watches are already there so if you can leverage those that's mm-hmm. uh, very good things like Google Glass they require a lot of um, um, basically learning for people and adaptation um, so there is a learning curve on that um, so using the locations what, where people already have technology or similar devices probably would be the best approach right mm-hmm. now but I guess in the future we'll, we will be more comfortable with technology And hopefully we can have it in different locations. Different locations have different advantages, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as I was telling, for example, about the Google Glass. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I forgot one uh, quite interesting category that I, I recently uh, heard about, which are devices that um, you don't have to wear them, but uh, you put them on the table somewhere and they start to monitor and they have sensors built in and they start to monitor the surroundings and uh, potentially they could be used for similar applications to what we're using, what we're talking about uh, um right now but let's uh, let's go back uh, to um, uh, to your project and the work that you're doing with google glasses so uh, tell us a few things uh, from a more practical perspective so uh, uh, how does it work how does the system work i mean do you get uh, do you, do i see something on the screen on the little screen from google glass and it tells me stop or do something how do i get a prompt how how does it work in practice yeah so right now the what we have is uh, basically google glass is monitoring the information this uh, motion sensitive information which can be got through the gyroscope the accelerometer or even the camera mm-hmm. and then we analyze it at the computer but we are building like a very low cost and efficient algorithms that can run in real time on the glass Um, what we are exploring now is how to provide this information without creating additional stress. Yeah. Um, because as you can imagine, if, for example, you are stressed at the computer and you have your Google Glass and suddenly it's telling you, oh, you are stressed, your heart rate is very high, uh, you will have the negative effect, which we don't want. So being able to explore how to provide this information in very subtle ways, maybe just a color change, maybe just a switch on of the display, maybe just mm-hmm. showing your heart rate without mm-hmm. making any inference, without saying, oh, you are stressed or you are angry. Uh, let's do something about it. Uh, the idea is to provide that information to the user so the user has the power to behave differently and, mm-hmm. and use the information in meaningful ways. So clearly the, the, the manner, the way that you're providing feedback is quite important and this is something that you're working on how to, uh, to fine tune, uh, how to provide feedback to the user. Yes. So, and, and, uh, uh I'm, I'm cheating a, a little bit because we had this uh, discussion before the interview. So um, I know this is a, a safe question. So I, I understand, again, from my uh, naive uh, perspective, non-expert, of course, that um, there is like um, a good stress and bad stress. And uh, uh, so does, I mean, obviously, bad stress is when there is like an emergency situation and you need to react quickly. So that's, that's just to give some context to our audience, right? And then bad stress is when you have stress for no uh, immediate reason but it's because of other uh, like things that you might be thinking at the moment or that you uh, might refer to something that is not directly connected to the experience that you have at, the, at this very moment so 
is the work that you're doing right now considering this and can it somehow adapt or first of all recognize and then adapt to those two different situations uh, definitely mm -hmm. uh, so the the positive and negative uh, response of stress uh, which may be may helping you might be helping you to cope with deadlines or maybe just making you feel sick a little bit um, it's very similar in terms of physiological responses. Mm -hmm. Um, so we need contextual information to be able to disambiguate yeah. these cases. So if we yeah. can put the contextual information and the physiological signals, basically how you are feeling and where you are, uh, then we can start making inference of this. So for example, something very simple. If I can track the number of faces that are in front of me, that's a very good indicator whether I'm speaking with someone, yeah. maybe I'm giving a presentation in front of 100 people, or maybe I'm alone at the gym. Um, so being able to characterize those spaces, that's very important in order to be able to help measure stress. Mm -hmm. So um, I understand that primarily uh, what we've discussed up to this point refer basically to um, a, a self-help, let's say, mechanism, right? Uh, but at the same time, uh, it, it seems to me that this is uh, uh, your work, your research is something that could be expanded to uh, many more fields, like for, for diagnosis, obviously, or for connection with uh, uh, other kind of systems. So uh, what is... What is the vision for, for the future of this work? I understand that at the moment you're basically focusing mostly on wrapping up your PSD, <laughs> which is uh, obviously uh, not expanding rather than narrowing. But what is the vision beyond that? Yeah, so I, I would say the whole idea of this project is to try to help people to be able to handle better stress during daily life. And mm -hmm. the whole idea is to be able to prevent chronic stress. Once that the stress becomes chronic, then it, it's very dangerous for your health. Like, for example, you may have obesity, you may have sleep problems, mm -hmm. and, and you may have headaches. So there are many things that actually might shorten your life expectancy because of these things. So if we can help people cope with the stress, understand better how their body works, hopefully we can prevent those negative scenarios. Mm -hmm. And especially uh, there are specific um, sets of the population that, that they can really benefit from these things. These are people that maybe suffer a lot of stress, like maybe call center employees, or these are people that maybe they have some handicaps, uh, like maybe people with autism, uh, that they suffer a lot of stress during daily life. So if we can have these technologies that helps them to uh, cope with this stress uh, would be very beneficial. Have you um, received already any interest from companies outside Google, from companies, uh, I don't know, medical companies or insurance companies perhaps I mean, I'm just trying to think I'm thinking out loud now trying to think of, of type of industries that could be interested in this kind of technology yeah definitely there is mm -hmm. a lot of interest uh, to try to see uh, in many different ways there are people that are interested to see the emotional responses of their users so for mm -hmm. example market research they want to know how people react to their advertisements yeah. um, of course people in uh, the autism community they are very interested in these technologies and, and of course, in health, all these technologies, they have a lot of applications uh, that can be used in many different uh, ways. So, for example, the technologies that we just developed to mo monitor respiration from the glass mm. can help mm. uh, detect uh, some negative symptoms like pneumonia and things like that. So that's very, very impressive and, and very interesting. Uh, Javier, thank you very much for uh, being here with us today. Thank and, you very much. Uh, that was, uh, I think, very interesting information and the very interesting work that you're doing. Uh, so this is George Vulgaris for Tech Talk Central. I was here with Javier Hernandez from the MIT Media Lab.
You're listening to Tech Talk Central.